0: Hare Krishna, everyone, we're continuing to read The Science of Self-Realization, the book by His Divine Grace Srila A.C. Bhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupada Chapter 7, Exploring the Spiritual Frontier And this section is entitled Saintly Compassion Yesterday, day before yesterday Today we're reading for two episodes And in the previous episode we have stopped At the point where we can think of sinful activities, speak, or actually commit sinful activities, and they're all considered sinful activities. Druvam Savai pritya Naraka one has to suffer punishment for such sinful activities. People do not believe in the next life because they want to avoid this botheration but we cannot avoid it. We must act according to the law, or we will be punished. Similarly, I cannot avoid God's law. That is not possible. I can cheat others, commit theft, and hide myself, thereby saving myself from the punishment of the state law. But I cannot save myself from the superior law, the law of nature. It is very difficult. There are many witnesses. The daylight is witness, the moonlight is witness, and Krishna is the supreme witness. You cannot say, I am committing this sin, but no one can see me. Krishna is the supreme witness sitting within your heart. He notes down what you are thinking and what you are doing. He also gives facility. If you want to do something to satisfy your senses, Krishna gives the facility for that action. That is stated in the Bhagavad Gita. Sarvasya cha Nivishta Quote I am sitting in everyone's heart Bhagavad Gita fifteen point fifteen quote, From me come remembrance, knowledge and forgetfulness. Unquote. In this way Krishna gives us a chance. If you want Krishna then He will give you a chance to have Him. And if you don't want Krishna, then He will give you a chance to forget Him. If you want to enjoy life forgetting Krishna, forgetting God, then Krishna will give you all facility so that you can forget. And if you want to enjoy life with Krishna consciousness, then Krishna will give you the chance to make progress in Krishna consciousness. That is up to you. If you think that you can be happy without Krishna consciousness, Krishna does not object to that. tathā <laughs> tathakuru. Bhagavad-gita 18.66 After advising Arjuna, he simply said, Now I have explained everything to you. Whatever you desire, you can do. Arjuna immediately replied, Karishya seva tava Bhagavad-gita 18.73 Now I shall execute your order. That is, Krishna consciousness. God does not interfere with your little independence. If you want to act according to the law and order of God, then God will help you. Even if you fall down sometimes, if you become sincere, from this time on I shall remain Krishna conscious and execute his orders, then Krishna will help you. In all respects, even if you fall down, he will excuse you and give you more intelligence. This intelligence will say, don't do this, now go on with your duty. But if you want to forget Krishna, if you want to Become happy without Krishna. He will give you so many chances that you will forget Krishna life after life. Parikshit Maharaja says here, It is not that if I say there is no God, then there will be no God, or I will not be responsible for what I do. That is the atheistic theory. Atheists do not want God, because they are always sinful. If they thought that there was God, then they would be forced to shudder at the thought of punishment. Therefore, they deny the existence of God. That is their process. They think that if they do not accept God, then there is no punishment and they can do whatever they like. When rabbits are attacked by bigger animals, they close their eyes and think, I'm not going to be killed, but they are killed anyway. Similarly, we may deny the existence of God And the law of God, but still, God and His law is there. In the high court, you may say, I don't care for the law of the government, but you will be forced to accept the government law. If you deny the state law, then you will be put into prison and be caused to suffer. Oh, the lights went off. Second. Okay. Okay, the lights are back. (laughs) Hare Krishna. Hmm. Similarly, you may foolishly decry the existence of God. There is no God, or I am God, but nevertheless, you are responsible for all your actions both good and bad. There are two kinds of activities, good and bad. If you act nicely and perform pious activities, then you get good fortune. And if you act sinfully, then you have to suffer. Therefore Shukadeva Goswami says, Puraiva, Shvihapa, Panishkritau, Yate, Amritio, Ravi, Padia, Tatmana, Doshasya, Dishthva, Guru, Laghavam, Yatha, Pishak, Chikit, Seta, Rujam, Shrimad Bhagavatam six point one point eight. There are different kinds of atonement. If you commit some sin, and counteracted by something else, that is atonement. There are examples of this in the Christian Bible. Shukadeva Goswami says, You should know that you are responsible, and according to the gravity of sinful life, you should accept some type of atonement, as described in the Shastras, the scriptures." Actually, just as when one is diseased, he must go to a doctor and pay doctor bills as a form of atonement. According to the Vedic way of life, there is a class of Brahmanas to whom one should go for the prescribed atonement according to the sins one commits. Shukadeva Goswami says that one has to execute the prescribed atonement according to the gravity of one's sinful life. He continues the example. Shrimad Bhagavatam 6.1.8 When you consult a physician, he prescribes an inexpensive medicine or a costly medicine according to the gravity of the disease. If you simply have a headache, he may prescribe an aspirin. But if you have something very severe, he immediately prescribes a surgical operation that will cost a thousand dollars. Similarly, sinful life is a diseased condition, so one must follow the prescribed cure to become healthy. Acceptance of the chain of birth and death is a diseased condition of the soul. The soul has no birth and death, and no disease, because it is spirit. Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita 2.20 Najāyate, the soul has no birth, and mriyate, it has no death. Nityāśaśvatoyam purāno nahanyate hanyamane sharīre The soul is eternal and everlasting. It is not lost. With the dissolution of this body. Nahanyate Hanyamane Sharire, Bhagavad Gita 2.20. Nahanyate <speaking in foreign language> means that it is not killed or destroyed even after the destruction of this body. The missing point of modern civilization is that there is no educational system. To instruct people on what happens after death. Thus, we have the most defective education because without this knowledge of what happens after death, one dies like an animal. The animal does not know that he is going to have another body. He has no such knowledge. Human life is not meant for becoming an animal one should not simply be interested in eating sleeping sex life and defense one you you may have a very nice arrangement for eating or many nice buildings for sleeping or a very good arrangement for sex life or a very good defense force to protect you But that does not mean that you are a human being. That type of civilization is animal life. Animals are also interested in eating, sleeping and sex life. And according to their own methods, they defend also. Where then is the distinction between human life and animal life, if you simply engage in these four principles of bodily nature. Hmm. The distinction is made when, when a human being is inquisitive. Why have I been put into this miserable condition? Is there any remedy for it? Is there any perpetual eternal life? I do not want to die. I want to live very happily and peacefully. Is there a chance of this? What is that method? What is that science? When these inquiries are there and steps are taken, answer these questions, that is human civilization. Otherwise it is dogish civilization, animal civilization. Animals are satisfied if they can eat, sleep, have some sex life and have some defense. Actually there is no defense because no one can protect himself. From the hands of cruel death. Hiranya Kashapu, for instance, wanted to live forever, and so he underwent severe austerities. So-called scientists are now saying that we shall stop death by scientific methods. This is also another crazy utterance that is not possible. You may make great advancement in scientific knowledge, but there is no scientific solution to these four problems birth, death, old age, and disease. One who is intelligent will be eager to solve these four prime problems. No one wants to die, but there is no remedy I have to die. Everyone is very anxious to stop the increase of population by employing so many contraceptive methods, but still birth is going on. So there is no stoppage of birth. You may invent up-to-date medicines by your scientific methods, but you cannot stop disease. It is not possible just to take a tablet to put an end to disease. In the Bhagavad Gita, it is mentioned dukha Bhagavad Gita 13.9. One might think that he has solved all the problems of life. But where is the solution to these four problems of birth, death, old age, and disease? That solution is Krishna consciousness. Krishna also says in the same book Janma karma chame diviam evam yaveti punar janma, naitimam mam Bhagavad-gita 4.9 Every one of us is giving up our body at every moment. The last phase of giving up this body is called death. But Krishna says, if anyone understands my appearance and disappearance and my activities not superficially, but in truth. After giving up this body, he never accepts a material body. What happens to such a person? Mom A.T. He returns to Krishna. If you are to go to Krishna, then you have to prepare your spiritual body. That is Krishna consciousness. If you keep yourself in Krishna consciousness, then gradually you prepare your next body, a spiritual body, which will carry you immediately to Krishna Loka, the abode of Krishna, and you will become happy. You will live there perpetually and blissfully. Jai. going to stop this section. No, we have two episodes in one today. (laughs) Okay, so let's continue with the next section. Oh, I love this section, actually. Oh, I remember this chapter. Okay, let's read. Protecting oneself from illusion. So, in 1973, Srila Prabhupada received an unusual letter from a woman in California who had encountered two of his young disciples. She complained that they had quote, a very negative outlook toward the people they met, unquote. moved by her genuine concern. Śrīla Prabhupāda took time out of his busy, busy schedule to write her this thoughtful letter. Your Grace Please accept this letter with love. Kmart, San Fernando We have talked with two of your boys at different times. Both had a very negative outlook toward the people they met. Do not believe this in any way as it should be. These boys happen to represent God. This comes from within. Their outlook must have mercy. We realize this. Therefore handpick these little pieces of heaven to place in the middle of these people. Or else it will defeat your purpose. Love is... Let it be as it is, with love or not at all. My prayers be with you, and I beg yours with me. Yours and God, blessed be. Lean Ludwig Here's the reply. My dear Lean Ludwig, please accept my blessings. I beg to... Acknowledge receipt of your letter from California, and I have noted the contents carefully. Although, due to extensively traveling and preaching in a tour in India, I have not had the opportunity to reply to you at length until now. Your complaint is that you have met two of my young disciples in California, and they appeared to you to have a very negative outlook toward the people they met. Of course, I do not know the case and what the circumstances are, but kindly forgive my beloved disciples for any unkindness or indiscretion on their part. After all, to give up one's life completely for serving the Lord is not an easy thing. And maya or the illusory, material energy, tries especially hard to again entrap those who have left her service to become devotees. Therefore, in order to withstand the attack of Maya and remain strong under all conditions of temptation, young or inexperienced devotees in the neophyte stage of devotional service will sometimes adopt an attitude against those things or persons which may possibly be harmful or threatening to their tender devotional creepers. They may even overindulge in such feelings just to protect themselves, and thus they will appear to some non-devotees, who are perhaps themselves still very much enamored by the material energy of maya, to be negative or Pessimistic, But the actual fact is that this material world is a miserable, negative place, full of danger at every step. It is Dukhalayam Ashashvatam. Bhagavad Gita 8.15 A temporary abode of death, birth, disease and old age, a home of suffering and pain only. To come to the platform of understanding these things, as they are, is not very common, and therefore persons who attain to it are described as great souls. Mamu petya <speaking> punarjanma <in> dukhalaya naptuvanti mahatmana, samsidhim paramam gataha. Bhagavad Gita 8.15. <language> This means that those who have understood that the material worlds are places of misery and temporality dukhalayam never return here again. And because they are Mahatmana, the great souls, Krishna keeps them with Him, because they have qualified themselves to escape this nasty place by becoming his pure devotees. This verse is spoken by Krishna, or God himself, in the Bhagavad Gita 8.15. Who can be a more final authority? The point is that, to make advancement in spiritual life, one must view everything material with a pessimistic eye unless it is utilized to serve and please Krishna. We are not very much hopeful for any lasting pleasure or satisfaction for our deepest cravings within this realm of gross matter. You refer to the word love several times in your letter. But the actual fact is that there is no love in this material world, that is false propaganda. What they call love here is lust only, or desire for personal sense gratification. Kama Esha Krodha Esha Samud Bhavaha Mahashano Mahapapma Vidyenam iha Krishna tells Arjuna, his disciple, that, quote, it is lust only, which is the all devouring, sinful enemy of this world. Bhagavad Gita 3.37. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. In the Vedic language, there is no word for materialistic love, as we call it in the present day. The word Kama describes lust or material desires, not love. But the word that we find in the Vedas for actual love is Prema, means one's love of God only. Outside of loving God, there is no possibility of loving, rather there is lusty desire only. Within the atmosphere of matter, the entire range of human activities, and not only every activity of human beings, but all living entities, is based upon, given impetus, and thus polluted by sex desire. The attraction between male and female. For that sex life, the whole universe is spinning around and suffering. That is the harsh truth. So-called love here means that you gratify my senses, I'll gratify your senses. And as soon as that gratification stops, Immediately there is divorce, separation, quarrel and hatred. So many things are going on under this false conception of love. Actual love means love of God, Krishna. Everyone wants to repose his loving tendency in some object, which is, in his opinion, Worthy, But the question is one of ignorance only, because people have a poor fund of knowledge about where to find that supreme lovable object who is actually worthy to accept and reciprocate their love. People simply do not know. There is no proper information. As soon as you have some attachment for anything material, it will kick you upon the face, deteriorate and disappoint you. It's bound to dissatisfy and frustrate you. That's a fact. But these young boys in your country and all over the world are accepting. Yes, that is a fact. And they are getting the right information from Krishna. Bahunam Janmanam sudurlaba. After many births and deaths, he who is actually wise surrenders unto me, knowing me to be the cause of of all causes, and all that is. Such a great soul is very rare." Bhagavad-gita 7.19 Again, Krishna uses the word Mahatma, great soul. Therefore, our devotees that you have met are not ordinary boys and girls. No. They are to be considered actually wise, great souls, because they have experienced in many births the miserable disease of material life and have become disgusted. Therefore, they're seeking higher knowledge. They're seeking something better. And when they find Krishna and surrender unto him, They become mahatmas, who are actually situated in knowledge. This material world is like, just like a prison house. It is a punishing place meant to bring us to that point of becoming disgusted, surrendering at last to Krishna and going back to our original nature of eternal life. In bliss and complete knowledge. Therefore, it is to the credit of these devotees that they have done what is Sudurlaba, very rare among all men in human society. By surrendering to Krishna, one will find the final object in which to invest his love, God. Love of God is present in everyone, just like fire in an unlit match, but it is covered over. But if one somehow or other develops his dormant love of God, and Krishna becomes his supreme, adorable object, supreme friend, supreme master, or supreme lover, then he shall never again become disappointed or unhappy. Rather, because his loving propensity is rightfully placed, Machita man gata prana bodhayantah parasparam katayantaschamam nityam tushyanticha ramanticha. Bhagavad-gita 10.9 The devotee, whose life is surrendered to Krishna, is always enjoying great satisfaction and bliss, and he is constantly enlightened, always positive, not negative, as you say. The advanced devotee is the friend of everyone. The yoga-yukto-vishuddhatma purified soul engaged in loving devotional service to Krishna is sarva-bhutatma-bhutatma, bhutatma, dear to everyone, and everyone is dear to him. In another place, Krishna claims that yomad-bhaktah-samepriya, his devotee, who is very dear to him. Adveshtasarva Bhutanam Maitra Karuna Evacha is not envious, but is a kind friend to all living entities. The devotee is supposed to be, furthermore, equal to everyone. Pandita Samadarshana Bhagavad Gita 5.18. He never discriminates, saying, This one is good, this one is bad. No. These are descriptions of the more advanced stages of Krishna consciousness that devotees get by developing mature knowledge. At present, many of our students are young boys. They're learning gradually and the process is so effective certain and authorized that if they stick if they stick to it they will come to the right point as you say of loving but that love is not material so it should not be judged on the false sentimental platform of ordinary mundane dealings that is our point Therefore, to say that they are not loving may be true from the materialist's point of view. They have given up affection for family, friends, wife, country, race, and so on, which is all based upon the bodily concept of life or flickering sense gratification they have become a little detached from maya's love or lust and they want krishna's love or endless fully rewarding love but they have not yet developed to that point that's all we cannot expect that all of a sudden your countrymen who are addicted to so many bad habits who will give up eating flesh, taking intoxicants, having illicit sex life and so many other nasty things and overnight become great self-realized souls. That is not possible. That is utopian. That is utopian. But just being initiated as Krishna's devotee puts one in the Topmost category of human society Sa buddhiman manushyeshu sa yukta kritsnakar makrit Bhagavad Gita 4.18 He is intelligent in human society. He is in the transcendental position, although engaged in all sorts of activities. And although such a devotee may not yet have advanced to the highest level of spiritual understanding, still he is to be considered the most exalted personality, regardless of any temporary frailties. Apicetsu duracharo bhajante sadhur eva samantvya. Samyagvyavasitohisa. Quote Even if a devotee commits the most abominable actions, he is to be considered saintly because he is properly situated. Unquote. Bhagavad Gita 9.30 As you will say, to err is human. Human. Therefore, in the neophyte stage we may always expect some discrepancies, kindly see the thing in this light and forgive their small mistakes. The big thing is that they have given everything, even their lives, to Krishna. And that is never a mistake. your ever-well-wisher, AC Bhaktivedanta Swami. Hare Krishna. Wow, I really needed to actually hear this today. Krishna always responds <laughs> very well. So thank you so much for tuning in today. We shall continue tomorrow with the next sec- section entitled An awareness of what is best and most beautiful. So, thank you so much for tuning in today. The link to this book is in the description. Please check out our website, shravanamdiaries.com and we shall see you tomorrow. Hare Krishna.